This podcast is recorded on Wurundjeri land. Our Stripes acknowledges the traditional owners of the land and pay our respect to elders past, present and emerging. Black magic, either you do or don't have it. Young, black and gifted, talking the whole package. Magic, magic, life, camera, action. You are now Welcome to another edition of Our Stripes, a Richmond Football Club podcast celebrating the many and varied stripes of our community that make up our great strip, the mighty yellow and black. As a playing group, we are one of the most multicultural in the AFL, reflective of the wonderful tapestry that is you, our wider community. Tiffany Cherry and Rana Hussain joining you throughout the season with a host of guests from players to fans, partners, supporters and many in between. We will take you into the world of our community, what makes us tick, how we are, who we are and what we love to celebrate. Before we continue, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we gather, the Wurundjeri people and pay respect to elders past, present and emerging of the Kulin Nation. Tiff, today we are so lucky and very happy to be welcoming two beloved members of uh, the Richmond Football Club. First off, we've got Talia Biggs, Program Coordinator from the Corangamaji Institute, a proud Barkindji woman. And we have one member of the famous Rioli AFL dynasty, um, the very famous in his own right, number 17, Daniel Rioli. Beautiful. Hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> nice intro. <laughs> We're very happy to have you both here. Dan, I'm going to start with you, given we've t- I've just mentioned the uh, Rioli dynasty. Uh, going way back, what are your memories of Uncle Morris? Yeah, um, there's bits and pieces. Um, you know, obviously him being a big name here uh, at Richmond and to be, you know, part of his life and um, the Rioli family, um, you know, to have him at home, um, which he's not here at the moment, but, um, you know, the memories that I always have, you know, with him, it's, um, of him, sorry, it's uh, pretty special and, um, you know, he's always, you know, we have, we always celebrate, um, Christmas together and he's always there cutting up the hams and all that but um he's not footy related at all he doesn't talk much footy at all so um once he's home he's just a family man and he you know puts footy aside parks it parks it aside and um yeah just just talks family business so for you is it more your memories of him are more Uncle Morris away from football yeah definitely not not footy related at all um I just see him yeah as Uncle Morris so um my grandfather Morris, um, so um, yeah, he's not, you know, he, like he's a big footy player and all that. But um, to have him as my grandfather, it's amazing. And um, but I don't look to him as a footy player at all. He's a family to, he's just family to me. We've got a little Morris, Uncle Morris's son, who kind of pops into the club every now and then. What's your relationship like with him? Yeah, no, we're pretty, we're pretty close. Um, little Morris Junior, um, he comes into the club. I think every Tuesdays and just, you know, have that little feel around the club um, for the future, hopefully. Um, so, um, no, it's good. No, I've got con- good connection with him, um, his family. So, um, But now now that he's boarding at Scotch College here in Melbourne, I'm pretty close with him. So, um, yeah, it's good to have him down and um, yeah, he's, he's going to be – he's got a bright f- future ahead. It's a, it's a huge family and obviously footy's – uh, what you guys do is that does there any pressure come with that? I'll, yeah, I'll get this uh, question asked a lot, uh, especially my draft year. That was the, the biggest. You know, I've got I had 
I've got asked so many questions about it and um, it's pretty simple to answer. It's just, you know, every the Rioli that are playing now, you know, you get asked, is that pressure, like being a Rioli? But, you know, every every single Rioli's got a, you know, different a brand of footy that they play. So um, I've got my own, I'll play my own brand of footy. Um, Willie plays his own brand of footy. You know, Young Morris coming through will play his own brand of footy. And um, you now I try to, I try to tell Morris that because he's, you know, obviously being the son of Morris, it's gonna, you know, there's gonna be a bit of heat going up, uh, questions thrown at him. So, um, but he'll know, you know, what to respond to that. So, um, there's no pressure on him now. He can just say, you know, he's on, he's got his own style of footy, and um, yeah, there's not not much pressure at all. What about um, Daniel? Just growing up with with Cyril, um, with Willie, and obviously Morris, who's who's a, who's a bit younger. But can you just take us uh, back to the days of, or even when you go home and and you guys get together? Yeah, back yeah back then, um, you know, on the, on the TV island, it's pretty. You know, I love going back home. It's just amazing, nice and peaceful. Um, you know, there's kids roaming around the streets with the footy and footy shorts um, on. So um, it's pretty. Pretty special, and when we do get back home, it's um, yeah, it's pretty special. We go out fishing, shooting, um, you know, a lot of hunting. So um, yeah, we 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 do a lot, um, and you know, there's no traffic. It's just you know, you get up, go for a walk. Everything's like ten minute, um, you know, walking distance. So it's pretty easy to get around places. But um, do you play footy together when you're there? Like as kids, did you just kick around a football? Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, you know, I can't remember too much about um, kicking with Cyril, but um, I, all I remember was I've got a nickname that I that the boys don't don't know yet. Um, <laughs> well, well don't, don't tell them. Yeah, give us exclusive. Um, yeah, no, they used to call me Danimal because there's one. That's bit, your nickname. You know that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the I was we were on a on a tree and. There was another tree, like I don't know, two, three meters away, and it was like on the bottom, and we got stung by bees, and I could have just climbed down and whatnot, and I just jumped like a monkey through the other tree towards the other tree, and then made it, and then the boys were getting stung up to the tree, and they <laughs> just couldn't get down, and then later on they just called me Danimal, but um, <laughs> yeah, awesome. it's like yeah, we do kick around the footy um, together and. Um, we don't do it as much now. It's just training, um, you know, clubs, you know, hand out programs that we need to do. And um, but back then was, you know, we I used to play against Willie on the roads. Um, we used to, you know, nine o'clock at night, roam the streets and um, not do bad things. Just have a footy in our hand, and there's like a little road that's not not wide enough, but we try and keep the ball on the road and. Um, you know, it's just I don't know, try and tackle each other, but not just not aggressively. Just you know, if you tackle each other, then just get rid of the ball. But uh, that's what my memories of you know being a kid and just being away from home. Yeah. Oh, well, being away from footy. Sorry. Awesome, awesome memories. And Talia, taking you back to your uh, birthplace and and where you grew up. Can you can you give us an insight into your home and um, your culture? Yeah. So growing up in Albury, I. I came from a really, I guess, mixed family. Like I knew everyone in my family was Aboriginal and, you know, we had family members that were really, really dark. We had family members that were, you know, in between and nice chocolatey like blends and then fair skin. Um, but even, you know, knowing 
that my family's Aboriginal, my my grandmother was really, really dark, and myself being fair skinned, I didn't really fully accept that I was Aboriginal. I, it took me a while to kind of sink into that and really be proud of my identity. Um, and it wasn't really until I left my community where I could actually grow um, and learn about why it is so unique and so important. It's such an important part of my identity is being black, you know, being Aboriginal and being, you know, one of, you know, 3% of the population of Australia and even a smaller minority of the world. It's so unique and that was something that I learned to embrace as I grew up. Tali, just on that, Tali, just on that, uh, I mean, it's amazing to hear you talk about your identity like that and, and you're quite open about it. Your job as a program coordinator for Corangamaji Institute, I can imagine that means bringing your whole identity and your whole self to work. Very few people have that experience of of their work being who they are, really. Can you talk to that experience a bit? Yeah. Um, so pretty much when I, you know, when I walk into work, I don't really refer to my title. It's not about, you know, I'm Talia, the program coordinator. I'm Talia. I work as a program coordinator. Um, you know, I don't necessarily work for Richmond Football Club. I work for young Aboriginal people. And that's the essential part of my job is to connect myself to other young people and help bring them up and help find their identities and connect them to other, you know, mentors and young people. So, um I'm quite often introduced to a lot of people around the club or, you know, externals and partners and, you know, people coming from different organisations. Is This is Talia Biggs, one of our KGI alumni, who's, you know, the first full-time employed um, alumni here. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's great. Um, and then, you know, the first thing that I'm kind of asked to talk about is, okay, so, you know, how did you get involved with KGI? What were you like before KGI? What did KGI do for you? And then I have to kind of go through you know, how it helped me as like a really self-conscious and kind of, you know, battling between the two worlds. I have to talk about, you know, me struggling to accept who I am. And I guess, why am I getting emotional? Um, because it is it emotional. Yeah. yeah, you're talking yeah. To, and this is, this is kind of what I was sort of getting at, that um, to do the work that you do, and Dan, you probably feel this sometimes as well, that it's not just that you're this is your job and you're a footy player, you also have to kind of bring your whole self and talk to that too. Even today coming and talking to us, you know, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. Talia, through your journey of discovery, one of the um, great things that I love about Aboriginal culture is the totem and the language. But can you, can you um, perhaps maybe even, I don't know whether you can talk a little bit in your language, if you can say hi, or, and can you share with us your totem and what it means? Um, I'm only just learning um, language at the moment, so I'm still, I've, I've found an uncle who um, is going to teach me some language, so I'm really privileged um, to kind of be working with him and learning a little bit. Um, but my totem is the wedge-tail eagle, um, so bunjil essentially. Um, so I'm, I'm Wimpicha. Um, so, you know, my meat is wedge-tail eagle and I come from this moiti and, um, yeah, so my people are, are, you know, we belong to the river, so we, we belong to the barka. Um, yeah, so... And what does totem mean in totem- culture? I guess the um, the fancy word and the, the the equivalent to how non-indigenous people it's like your spirit animal. It's like the the 
you know, when you die, that's the animal that you come back as. And that's, you know, where your ancestors and your family members will reincarnate. And then that's how they'll watch over you. So when I'm out on programs even, um, you know, I'm hanging out with the kids and I'll look up and I'll see two, you know, massive wedge-tailed eagles. And I know that that's, the, that's my great-grandmother and my and all my ancestors with me watching over me. So when I go home to Albury and it only happened recently where I, I looked up and I saw two wedge-tailed eagles and I'm like, that's that's crazy. I never see them. But the more that I'm, I guess, believing in my identity and making an effort to keep connected, I see all these different things and all these different meanings. So that's really nice and to know that my ancestors are always following me in, you know, in, in eagle form. What about you, Daniel? What's your totem and your language? Yeah, my my totem is a turtle. I wish I was the wedge-tailed eagle. Aren't they <laughs> That's pretty top cool. Of their food chain? Like, I think pretty much. Are. Yeah, they um, eat you for breakfast. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a, <laughs> my, my totem's a turtle and I'm swimming with crocodiles, so I don't know how that's going to go about. Um, yeah, like, you know, Talia says, it's just myself, I, you know, I've been away from home for a long time now, so I um, went to boarding school when I was about 14 and I want to learn my, you know, my language, um, but it's hard being like, being away from home, and then you go back home for like, you know, short stint, and then for holidays, and then you have to go back to boarding school, and then once I finish boarding school, it's just straight back to Melbourne because you know I got drafted and then had you know not much time on the island to learn my mm-hmm. sort of my language and whatnot. So, um, but Mum does tend to like you know talk about and teach me like what's my culture and how do I do the dances and you know what words mean in Tiwi so you know I'm always you know on, on her back to teach me because once I do go back home and when I'm getting a bit older I want to teach you know hopefully get a happy family and then you know teach my kids growing up you know what I learned you know from my from my mum. There's a, a really great story about your totem, a turtle, which goes back to 2017 and around the final series. Can you share with our listeners and with us um, what that story is? Yeah, of course I can. Um, yeah, I do get shivers um, and a bit shaky from this story. So um, firstly, it was just leading leading into the finals and um, in 2017, we we just be, can't remember who played, um, and it was our first game against Shillong and mum called me saying, you know, they've caught this turtle and I was like, what do you mean caught? Like, And they found a turtle up on the street like, and the beach is nowhere near the road so I must have just got up on the beach, crawled all the way up to the main street and it wasn't, it wasn't a real big turtle. It was just a you know, medium sort of size and um, it got up to the main street and one of the night patrols working, you know, roaming the streets, um, they found this turtle on the on the road and um, so they picked it up and then took it to the old people, you know, and, um, you know, explained, oh, they found this turtle, like, up on the street, like, it's too far f- to be up here. And um, so they gave it to the old people and the old people, they didn't hesitate to say what they were going to say and they said, you know, that young kid, um, Daniel playing uh, for Richmond, he might go all the way. So I'm like, yeah, mum told me that. And I was like, what do you mean all the way? Like, this can't be true. And they sent me a photo and I was like, gee whiz, like they've got it. 
And then I was like, sure, they can just release it. And Mum was like, nah, they're not going to release it until, you know, they said they're going to go all the way because the turtle came up here for some reason. And so they got it. They kept it in a bathtub. Did they feed it? They fed it. What? Yeah, they fed it. What did they feed it? Well, obviously jellyfish. I don't know how they caught it. <laughs> Seabird or I don't know. Um, I was just minding my own business here, um, you know, getting prepared for games and all that. And, you know, we played against... Uh, cats and then we we ended up winning that game and then mum came over mum and dad and all the family came over for the final series and you know after that Geelong game I mentioned it to mum I was like do they still have the turtle like, yeah <laughs> they've they've got the turtle and um, against GWS um, oh, that's all was on my mind I was like oh this turtle and that's when you kicked four goals yeah and I did kick four goals and the turtle does have four flippers so um yeah it's pretty pretty special and um to have that story and to get told that they still got the turtle is amazing and we ended up beating uh gws to go into the grand final and um i was like if we lose then that's not the reason like the turtle and we ended up getting over the top and um the family called mum and dad and then said they released the turtle and yeah it was uh I, I, my heart's like sort of want to jump out of my chest right now because get i get a bit emotional talking about this um because it's pretty special and um you know have being an indigenous person and having that totem and you know it goes way back you know the traditional um cultures and all that so um it's pretty special and you know that story will always stick with me forever and you know it was my first grand final ever and you know all I want to do is to play in a grand final at an AFL level so um and to win one it's uh pretty special and um and I was lucky enough to witness uh Willie um you know get another one under his belt the year after so it's pretty special. Oh, I've got shivers yeah. just hearing that. <laughs> Dan do you shivers. remember the first time we met? No. That's all right. I'm not <laughs> no. a memorable person. So this is this is when me and Dan first met. So it was on one of our programs. We were doing like a yarning circle and we kind of asked you just to tell us a little about yourself. And obviously I knew you were Rioli. You can't forget that name. Um, but I'd done a program a few months earlier and then we ended up taking a photo in the Morris Rioli room, function room upstairs in, in Richmond. And... Um, and, and black fellas know this, like when you take photos, there's like those little orbs, there's like white balls. Yeah. And then in the up in the corner, there was a like, white ball. And then I was like, oh, that's a bit funny. Like, so I don't know what's going on there. So I said to my mom, I called her and I sent the picture and I'm like, mom, there's an orb in this photo. Do you reckon you can find out who it is? And she's like, oh, it's an old, it's an older man. He's connected to the some, the club somehow. And I'm like, oh, is it this person here? And I Googled a picture of Uncle Morris and I sent it to her. She's like, yeah, that's him. That's Uncle, that's him. That's Morris. And I was like, okay, cool. And I'm like, and she's like, oh, he has a message for you. He said he's really proud of the work that the club's doing, you know, connecting all these young fellas from all across the country. And he's so proud of the club. And he just loves the work that we're doing. And any time that, and I told all the kids that, and they were all like real freaked out. I'm like, kids, don't get scared by this, but this is what's happening. They're like, oh my God, that's crazy. Like what the hell is <laughs> going awesome. on? That's awesome. They were going crazy. And then I remember I told you that the first time I met you. I don't think it really sunk in, but... Every time I'm, you know, in that room, I always say hello to him, even mm. though it's in picture form. I say hi, Uncle. I just look up and I smile and I just feel warm and I know that he's he's watching over this club and he's watching over you. He's watching over his son. He's watching over all the young, proud 
black kids that are coming through this club and he's so proud of everything that we're doing. That's beautiful. Always um, going up in the Morris early room. I always, if, if it's breakfast, uh, lunch, always go over and just give him a little tap. So I like wipe my hands uh, through the picture and yeah, he's done, you know, uh, he did massive for the TV Islands as well to be, to move away from home. Sort of what I'm doing right now, but hopefully be as good as him, but um, you know, only time will tell and um, but the work he's done uh, to get to the stage and um, for that room to be called Morris Real Room is pretty special and you know, young Morris, he probably doesn't doesn't sink in for him, I reckon, because he's being that young, to be, you know, at a young age, he won't really get it until he's a bit older. Mm. Then he'll it'll be pretty special. Mm. I, I mean, this is it's this is so lovely to hear both of you talk um, about this. There's other players in the group who are Aboriginal as well. Do you feel a shared connection with those boys too, Dan? Uh, yeah, everyone. Um, especially because we've got, you know, a fair bit of Indigenous players now and non-Indigenous players. I get along with everyone. We have that special connection. Um, you know, it's not only outside of footy, it's, you know, on field. Um, you know, that season in 2017 um, was that connection that we had and that's how we got closer together. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty special and... You know, we, we played a good footy last year in 2018, but we didn't tweak a little, you know, things that didn't go our way. And But everything happens for a reason. Um, and Collingwood, you know, deserved to win that game. And um, But we did have a good season, don't get me wrong. Um, Absolutely. We didn't have a poor season at all. So um, we do have a special bond together, like connection and, you know, everyone around the club. Uh, speaking of 2017, you took some some of the players back to Tiwi. Can you talk a bit about that? Who you took and why them in particular? Yeah, um, I took yeah a few players up and the coaches as well. So I took Shane Edwards, um, Dylan Grimes, Jaden Short. Um, hope I'm not missing anyone. And then a few of the coaches as well. Um, I took Justin Lepridge. X. Uh, yeah, Xavier. Who else is there? Sorry, um, Craig McRae. There's uh, and Dan Maddie Richard, here yeah. from Digital. Yeah, Maddie as well from <laughs> Digital. He's uh, got all the filming, uh, the videos, and all that, so it's good. And um, Dan Richardson, who's no longer here. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was good to um, you know have those people and my teammates to you know witness where I come from. And we, I remember the first. Um, we arrived in the TV Islands at the airport and there was a big crowd um, already at the airport waiting for us to get off the plane and um, that was pretty special and we went straight to the school and we did a little smoking ceremony to um, you know welcome all the new you know players or new people on the land. Um, it was pretty special and we did uh, so many things up there which is um, yeah, it's pretty yeah, it's, it's unbelievable for the club to um, you know, allow myself to bring them over to the islands and, um, you know, and show them how I live and what I used to do on the islands. I've got a question for both of you. Um, so, Talia, I'll start with you. If there was a, a photograph that a photograph that you actually do have in the family um, that maybe you keep close to yourself or it's at the family home that 
really embodies, represents who you are and your family and your culture. Can you describe it for us and tell us what it means to you? I think the, I can't find one, I can't think of one that represents culture, but the the photo that came to mind was, I think it was 2015 Easter and we were out by um, by the lake. Me, my mum, my three sisters, my nan, my auntie, her two sons, uh, my cousins or my brothers. Um, and yeah, so we were out by the hill and we're just kind of enjoying Easter and um, it was our it was not long after that actually so before that um, I lost my dad so it was kind of like our family coming together and it was our first time celebrating again as a family um, so that was really huge and we don't have a lot of male influence in our family or positive male influences in my family so it was just kind of us um, sitting on sitting on the hill and then we're taking photos and then this massive swan comes up and starts trying to like bite our feet and everything <laughs> while we're trying to get photos so and the photos we took multiple and then there's me with my tongue out, me with the double chin and my sister's screaming, one sister's laughing, my mum's freaking out trying to grab one of my sisters and there's just continually capturing all these photos and it's just us being crazy because we're a really loud bunch. We're really, really, and it just comes across crazy and people that come from outside the family are just like, oh, that's crazy. Oh <laughs> um, captured in that moment. Captured crazy family, very loud, very female dominated. Yeah, really cool. What about you, Dan? I don't. I don't have a photo at all. Um, to be honest, the only photo I have, or a camera, I should say, is my eyes. Um, every time I go back, I go to Wollongong, and that's my my country. And it's just a big beach, big nice cliff, nice beach, nice water, and you can take photos or whatnot if you want. But I don't really take any photos because my eyes are just witness I can just witness myself witness it by myself and just embrace you know what's around you and just feel the fresh air the breeze and everything so um but mum mum and dad they have like photos up on the wall but um that I want to bring here because I'm you know so far from home uh, I just want to have it hang you know hung up on the wall whatnot and um but I reckon for me, it's just my country, and it's just you know, I've got so many memories, and and I've been back home. It's just that's where we used to go a lot and do a lot of fishing. So um, you know, it's during you know we do camping a lot as well, and um, we you know build tents and we camp there for you know two three nights and you know make a big bonfire it's just something special and can you bring rana and i back up next time we go 100 percent. Um, <laughs> i did ask you <laughs> yeah. last year i think we should do a podcast from up there yeah it's pretty cool and um yeah it's a good environment and yeah it's just being away from you know buildings and you're in just surrounded by bush and yeah just nice fresh air and you know there's no bad oxygen mm. i'm gonna i wanted to ask you a bit about dream time uh, every year, I mean, I think most people know, but every year there's a specific Dreamtime jumper that's um, designed by an artist or a player. In 2015, it was a cousin of Shane Edwards who designed the jumper. And this year you've been given the honour. Can you talk us through the process and tell us a bit about the jumper? Yeah, I'm smiling at the moment because, <laughs> you know, I've always wanted to design a jumper and, um, you know, I've been to so many of the Dreamtime games and, you know, I've always wanted to play in one as a kid and 
because my dad used to barrack for Richmond. He's a diehard, and obviously because of Morris. And um, you know, growing up and then go to boarding school in Ballarat. We the teachers used to take us to the to the games, and I was like, you know, I want to play and I'll hopefully get drafted. And you know, but you don't know where you're going to end up in the draft. So, and I was fortunate enough to get drafted to Richmond and. Um, you know, I get to play in those games, you know, the Dreamtime games, and it's something special. And I still pinch myself because it's just, just amazing to be out there and, you know, in front of people, you know, Aboriginal people that, you know, that are real close and um, and you feel so, you know, pumped up before games, knowing that, you know, you got all your brothers, cousins, everyone out there watching and um, and to put on like you see so many like in the past play I'll pass people that artists sorry that design the jumpers you're like I want to design one but I'm not I'm not an artist myself but um, you know I can't remember a couple of months ago now I spoke to the club about you know hopefully me designing the jumper and helping out in some way and um, you know they've you know gave me the big tick and um, they said yeah you can design one and yeah I was stoked and um, you know, I got my mum and dad to help with the design and, you know, we were up and down on how to do it. It was pretty frustrating but exciting at the same time because it was a big thing and um, I went away for Christmas and mum and dad, they, they're the artists, they're, they can draw. I can't draw. <laughs> um, I try but I can't. I got the idea. But I got the idea of the, the sash being my totem pole, our totem pole, sorry, and um, to be able to design a jumper it's something special and um you know looking at past artists that design you know the average or the richmond jumper it's um pretty special for me to design one with my mum and dad it's pretty you know pretty special and um you know i can't wait to put the jumper on and um it gives me shivers right now sorry um to be yeah i just can't wait to be out there Put on the put on the jumper with all my teammates and you know family watching from back home. It's going to be pretty special and um, something I'm looking forward to. So, what about so the design from your mum and dad? What did they design and and, and what inspired them? Yeah, well, dad's dad's really big on. I don't know how he got good at drawing. No idea who's good at drawing in the family, um, but dad's a pretty good drawer. Um, so we've got like the dot paintings around the jumper and that's just a big like it's a big culture like aboriginal culture they've in especially in the northern territory as well they love doing dot dot paintings and um we've got that on the jumper then we've got the spears that represent men and power and that's what you know back in the day where you know the people used to fight um you know protect themselves and we've got my totem pole that's in the middle and it's got a turtle as well involved so um that's going to be pretty special to have the turtle right in the middle of the sash and it's got one right at the back as well so um that's going to be pretty special and the turtle obviously i spoke about how that's being that being my totem and my family's totem as well it's um it's it's amazing and yeah the totem as well the pole sorry it's a big big thing on the TV islands um you know if someone passes away and whatever their totem was we'll have that carved into the into the pole and we can have that in a, like you know celebrating you know marriage or whatnot we'll have poles that are 
you know, around the area. So the totem pole is pretty big on the islands, and to have that on the jump part, it's going to be pretty special for you know the TV Islands to you know witness that and mm. see it on telly. What about for you, Talia, being involved at Richmond, in which involved in the Dreamtime game and celebration? What does it mean to you? That week's pretty um, pretty big for my team. It's just a whole a whole week of celebration for our culture and you know our people to be on the front stage. Um, it's always a great time because people from all across the country come for just one game of football. So we have the same groups that have been coming for years now. Um, we've got a great relationship with the Arianga Tigers. They always come down and they bring us artwork. They have massive um, banners at the game. Um, just seeing so many people from around the country come to KGI is like a meeting hub for something so amazing. Um, it's just really a traditional sense of coming together for ceremony, but in you know modern football sense. Um, and it's really great for me because, um, you know, the war cry is done by a lot of my close friends. So being able to, you know, sit in the game, um, you know, see my friends, you know, do all the, you know, the Lagunta noises and go so fierce and just be able to see that. And then, you know, have Dan do his awesome freaking banana kicks and just go <laughs> crazy. And just seeing so many black faces that, in, you know, in the city is just awesome. It's just a whole blackout at the G. It's, you know, the MCG was a traditional place where ceremony were, was held and now that's, you know, we're, we're slowly bringing that back, you know, the traditional sense of um, of culture and it's being played, you know, with millions of people watching across the country. It's amazing to see our culture on a massive stage. So it's just, it's a, a really great week of celebration. Just for people who don't know, Lagunta is Tiger in Woiwurrung, is that right? Correct. And that came out through the war cry that... Yeah. Uh, you guys kind of came up with, really. Yeah, Lagunta Nawan. Beautiful. Uh, just quickly, did you catch the NRL All-Stars game, Dan? I, I did, uh, bits and pieces, but I did see. What do you think if um, of bringing something like that to the AFL, maybe East versus West or North versus South? It would be pretty pretty cool, I reckon. Um, I'm not a good dancer. <laughs> I'll just leave that aside. But, um, you know, we've got so many Aboriginal players that are playing the game right now that are, you know, good with that dancing and, um, you know, they're real strong with their culture and um, that will be, I reckon that will be pretty cool and, um, you know, hopefully at some stage, you'll, you know, we can, you know, hopefully get that going. We've got it with the AF- AFLX, obviously, with Eddie's yeah. team, don't we? So, which is a great uh, introduction. Yeah, that, exactly. Um, to have that part of it now, it's, um, it's going to be... You know, something hopefully the AFL will, you know, in the future will look to do and, um, yeah, we'll we'll see how the AFLX go tomorrow and um, that's going to be pretty special. I just wanted to ask you one more thing. We talked a lot about Uncle Morris's legacy. Uh, when you're kicking back, when footy's all said and done and you're kicking back with your kids, you know, what do you want to be remembered for? What's your legacy? Um, hopefully get... Past my grandfather's, like he's played, I think, 118 games for the club, and I want to beat him. So hopefully, yeah. get fingers crossed, get over that line. Um, but you know, he's left a you know a big big patch of you know legacy here, and um, I want to sort of follow his foot, footsteps um, in a way. But um, I'm just myself. I'm Daniel Rioli now and I want to sort of um, make my own path and um, yeah, and just go through it really and I don't know what my kids will think of me but um, that's if I have kids but um, 
yeah, just be a humble dad and, you know, I won't talk for sure. I won't talk footy at all with, with them at all. So if they ask questions, then, yeah, definitely. But I won't bring it up myself. What about for you, Talia, mm. when it's all said and done? Um, I want to be remembered for being for being caring, for being a loyal friend and being able to empower other young people, um, bring people together. I just, I just want to be a good person, a, a person that could help, you know, reconciliation happen in Australia, I think. I don't know, that's kind of, you know, I want to hopefully be able to rest at peace knowing that, you know, we're going to be living, my children and my, my grandchildren are going to be living in a better Australia. That, you know, when we do things like Dreamtime, it's not such a special thing. It's, it's you know, it's the norm, you know, that, you know, we have more black players and we have more black doctors and, you know, hopefully we can see the first black prime minister before I'm gone. But, you know, we might be pushing a stretch. But um, I just want to see... I just want to see my people doing better. Well, you're both doing great work as we move towards that. Before we say goodbye, I just want to know um, your tribe, where your parents are from, if you can share that with us. Yep. Um, so both my parents are Barkindji. Um They're from different moities. I always kind of grew up thinking I was incest or something. Um, but they're from different moities, so I'm not a product of incest, so I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Ours is pretty simple. It's just the tea with people, and um, that's what we stand for. We don't have any other unless it's, you know, culture, like dances and whatnot, but we just get prefer, oh, just, we just go as the Tiwi, Tiwi people. Um, my mother's from the um, Wedgetail Eagles um, meet, and then my father is from the Emu meet. So that's how, um, in a traditional sense, the families were really complex, so you could know who you could marry and who you weren't if you were from different clans. Thank you so much to both of you for coming here and speaking to us today and really sharing your culture and in a really meaningful way. I've learned so much and I really appreciated it. It's been lovely speaking to both of you um, and really thank you for being um, such an integral part of this club. Um, it's really lovely to have you here. And I absolutely second that. It's been awesome. Thanks so much for opening up and, and sharing your culture and your journey and your story. And uh, stay tuned for another edition of Our Stripes. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Beautiful. Guys. Thank you for having us.